That was indeed beautiful. Thank you for sharing that song. Greetings to you from brothers and sisters across Africa. It's a joy to be sharing with you this morning from God's word and to bring testimony from what some of the things are that I've seen in Africa. Uh, Like eternity set in our hearts, it seems that there may also be a deep desire in our hearts for one who rules over all. Especially if you look back over history and you see the rising and falling of empires and nations, it seems that there is such a desire in people's hearts, maybe that needs to be sanctified, but a desire nonetheless Seems there's somebody who thinks they are that one who should be ruler over all. As the scripture was read to us today, Daniel the prophet had these few phrases in a night vision that he recorded. Phrases about one like a son of man. And I'd just like to turn to those once more. As you see it on the screen, in my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. It's an amazing part of his vision. It's surely the pure, the holy, the all-glorious version of a universal dominion. Seeing him coming on the clouds, all peoples, all nations, all languages streaming to him, his dominion being an everlasting dominion. What Daniel sees coming brings sort of echoes to our mind of the Gospels and John's revelation and maybe even other places of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He himself said, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. So how does this dominion come? How is this rule extended? Well, at least... Central to the answer to that question is the gospel. When people hear the gospel and turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, and they become partakers of the divine nature, that is the manifestation of the kingdom. The kingdom has come when that occurs. The church has always seen in its sacramental moments manifestations of the kingdom, and so In baptism, this person is ushered in to the kingdom, recognized and part, made part of the kingdom. And in communion, every time we partake of it, we are touching and being a part of and partaking of that reign of Christ in this world. By these and other means of grace, his reign is reaching farther and farther across the globe. And so it is also in Ivory Coast. The 
Work in Ivory Coast, work of the gospel, goes back to the 17th century. But we free Methodists waited until the 21st century to join it. That's okay, and we're glad that it worked out that way. Uh, In 2012, there was a presidential election in Ivory Coast that, after the election, erupted into what actually turned out to be a war, And so people of Ivory Coast fled to the neighboring countries. And some from the west went across the border into Liberia. One of those people who went across the border was a guy named Burton. So Burton was a church planter pastor, but kind of discouraged. Our free Methodists in Liberia found him and said, hey, why don't you work with us? And so he started working with our free Methodists in Liberia. A few months passed. He was working actively with them. Our leader in Liberia told me about Burton and said, hey, maybe this would be a way that the free Methodists could get started in Ivory Coast. I said, sounds like a good idea. A few more months passed and things cooled down in Ivory Coast. So Burton was ready to go back. He went back and brought with him plan for starting Free Methodist work in Ivory Coast. He reconnected with some pastors of churches that he had been working with, and Free Methodist work was there. Uh, It wasn't very long before a colleague of mine and I visited, and we declared it Free Methodist on our visit. So the work started, went on well for a while, and It's a little bit of a sad note in the story, and I wouldn't go into too much of it about Burton, but eventually we parted ways, but Free Methodist had come to stay in Ivory Coast. And so the next fellow, Mao, who is our leader today, took over, and um, work continued. At that time, we were starting the Wesley Missionary Institute in Togo, which I've talked about here before. And so we asked Mao if he had any students that could be sent to our school for training as missionaries. And he sent us Sekala and Lor, a married couple who were in ministry. They came to our school, went through our 18-month program, and then returned to Ivory Coast. So they graduated last year and returned to Ivory Coast. So... One of the things that Burton had had in mind was to start work in Dalawa. It's a town where we had no pastors, no work, no free Methodist work. And he actually went there, rented a place, but that's when our uh, sort of uh, conflict came up and the separation happened. So nothing got started in Dalawa. Well, Pastor Mao thought it would be good for Sekala and Lor to return to doing that work that we had envisioned starting in Dalawa. And so that's where they went. Not long after they were there, there was a baptism service. We got pictures of that. And so we sent those pictures out in an email, a newsletter. And uh, we got a response back from a church in Minnesota saying, that is fantastic. Is there any way we could become part of the work of Saikala and Lore? 
And we say, well, you, you sure can. We'd love to have partners for their work. And so they started to send a little bit of support to help with the upkeep of Sekala and Lore. And uh, after Sekala and Lore had been there for a little while, this is why especially I told you about Burton, their landlord asked them, do you know Burton? And they said, well, yes, we know who Burton is. He's no longer with us. And the landlord said, well, I didn't want to ask you at first because, actually, I don't know if the landlord said this or if it was reported afterward, but he knew Burton. He had been the landlord that rented to Burton. And so when our folks went a second time to Dalawa, somehow they ended up with the same landlord. And it was like to us a sign that the Lord really wants something to happen in Dalawa and we're on the right track. So that landlord also had concerns about Burton after some time. And so that was why he was silent at first watching how this couple really was going to turn out. And he became pleased with what he saw. So Sekala and Lor are serving there and doing well. And uh, I visited there in August. And uh, that Minnesota church said, you know, we'd like to help them get a place because we've also seen the pictures of where they're meeting and it's like two chairs on each side and that's crowded. So uh, they said, we'd like to help them get a piece of land, which on the outskirts of Dalawa is very cheap. So they got a piece of land, started a, put up a temporary building, which you're looking at on the screen, and if you look on the right side, you can see a half wall of uh, clay block nicely cemented together there. So one of their converts is a cement mason, and he donates his work. And the day we were there was his day for baptism. And so we celebrated the baptism of one of their members who is contributing to the work by his labors. And the overall picture of what's happening in Dalawa, as well as throughout Ivory Coast, is just so encouraging and really is a good picture of the reign of Christ reaching out one person at a time, one congregation at a time, throughout a country where we otherwise wouldn't be in Dalawa just like the dominoes Vicky was talking about. The starting of a school, we didn't know that was going to lead to establishing this church in Dalawa, but that's how it has played out. So the reign of Christ is reaching farther and farther. It's also reaching farther and farther throughout West Africa and even the whole Africa continent. Uh, let me explain why I'm saying it that way. Free Methodist Church USA has 12 countries that are under our supervision in Africa. A good number of other countries are under their own bishops or under uh, their own superintendents, but 12 are under the U.S. church supervision. And so nine of those 12, sorry, 10 of those 12 are in West Africa. So that's kind of our, our special area. We put a lot of attention in West Africa. 
The other two are uh, Ethiopia in the east and Malawi in the southern area. So our missionary team over the last few years has gotten to be pretty small in Africa. And we were thinking that we were observing what the Lord must be doing. He's repopulating our team with African missionaries. And we still think that's happening. But we also have had a new development that is reviving our Africa team. Last year, Glenn Lorenz from the Latin America area talked with me and said he was interested in Africa. Now, Glenn... Glenn and Wendy have been serving for more than six years in Latin America and uh, before going to Latin America had talked a little bit with us about serving in Africa. Glenn himself has uh, been on a, was on a mission trip a long time back in Africa and so he started to think, you know, I think the Lord is putting something on my heart for a team for Africa. So we started talking about it and... Uh, I concurred with what he was thinking he was feeling in his heart. And so we are working together, and Glenn specifically is working on recruiting and developing a resident missionary team that will be posted in West Africa. That team is going to be giving its attention to pastoral formation, church planting, community transformation, and nurturing effective partnerships. So Those are pretty standard sorts of things that missionaries are involved with. But they will be involved with it working side by side with African colleagues. So this is not Americans being the rulers of all. This is missionaries working with fellow ministers of the gospel in Africa to work out better and better pastoral formation, working out better and better church planting, work across West Africa and other places. And we're not ignoring countries like Kenya, Angeline and Hicks. Uh, We're open to working with countries that are already well established there too. But as our first responsibility, we work with our national leaders there in these sorts of areas. So we've gotten a first couple to join this new team. They are Hink and Kayleen Smitterks. Hink grew up as a missionary kid in Mozambique, has had virtually all of his pastoral ministry uh, in Kansas, um, and has continued to have connections with Africa, especially in the recent years. But they're going to move to Togo and be part of our Togo part of the team. And... um, A couple whose picture I don't have for you today, but a couple that they have mentored over the recent years, a young couple, uh, Jordan and Audrey Kaufman, have also said yes to joining our team. And so these are the first fruits of our formation of a new resident missionary team that will be serving the Free Methodist World Mission work in Africa. So in this way, too, we are seeing the Lord's reign reaching out further and further, and might even add more and more deeply in the Free Methodist work that's already underway in Africa. Then I'd like to uh, call our attention to the country of Guinea, because in Guinea, there's a place called Dubreka, and 
a student from our second class of missionary graduates is, who, is the one whose story I want to just briefly tell you about. But first I want to say thank you to you as a congregation for allowing me to have the pleasure of traveling with Pastor Darrell and David. Uh, this is a picture from our visit in uh, June to Guinea and Cameroon. So what I'm talking about now is the Guinea that we visited. And uh, Pastor Gabriel is our leader in Guinea. So Gabriel sent us a student for our first class, a guy named Alain. We visited Alain's work in deep in the interior of Guinea. And uh, we already were pleased with what he was doing, but it was great to see that firsthand. So one of the things that Pastor Dose from Togo and I have been doing whatever we could to nurture and develop in the hearts and minds of our country leaders is a vision for sending these missionary graduates into new work, not posting them to a church that maybe has a vacancy, but if they're trained for cross-cultural work, send them to go and do cross-cultural work. And that was done with Alain. That has been done with seven of our graduates from the first class of 11 students. So uh, it took, it definitely took weeks, but it took most of them several months before they were sent out. So the second class of students graduated in August. The graduation was on August 20. We were privileged to be there for that. And uh, Francois, the student from Guinea, who was part of this second class, was graduating on that day. And so the next day, August 21st, he went back to Guinea. We got news on September 9 that Francois was leaving for his missionary assignment in Dubreca. So that was, that was almost miraculous to me that that happened so quick. About 20 days and the guy's on assignment. So that's terrific that now our vision for having work started in Dubreca, which has been going on for quite some years but never materialized, is now starting to take shape with the ministry of Francois. So we're excited about that in Guinea. And also in Guinea, um, Dubreca is, is on one side of the out, outer reaches of, uh, of the capital, Conakry. On the other side of Conakry is an area called Koya. That's where our leader, country leader, Gabriel, lives. And in Koya, we recently got a photograph, I think it's within two months, of a young man who gave his life to the Lord, a former Muslim who found Christ as Lord and Savior. We've sort of darkened out his face there, but he's the one in the middle. And uh, Jubate is his name. And we're praising the Lord for that further reach of the reign of Christ into men and women's hearts. So that's happening in Koya, and that is also a place, just for your information, one of the things that we did while we were there was go along with Pastor Gabriel and Pastor Dose looking at some pieces of land because we're finally ready to 
we were ready at that time and now have purchased land for our first permanent structure in um, in Guinea. So we'll now have once once we put up a building, we'll have a place that is a headquarters for us, at least for the time being, for that effort and work of extending Christ's reign as he chooses to work through us in the country of Guinea. So these are a few words of testimony that I share with you this morning about how the reign of Christ is reaching out bit by bit and sometimes jumps by jumps to new areas, coming into people's hearts and lives to to share like one of the songs that we sung this morning was saying that when, when that likeness comes in us, it's reflecting the likeness of Christ. And so we're praising the Lord for his rule that is extending in these ways. Thank you for your part in Vicky's and my ministry and in the long list of support, supported persons that you are a part of around the world We praise the Lord for that, and we're grateful to be partnering with you in works like these. God bless you.